I've been uh, doing a series on the truth about truth, and I've been talking about how um, actually how to relate to the Bible and how um, how to actually read the Bible by uh, and actually receive truth by the Holy Spirit. How many of you understand that it's the Word and the Spirit that equal truth? That the Word without the Spirit equals principles that take you into bondage. But it's the Word and the Spirit that bring you into truth. And, um, you know, I, I said this, uh, well, last week again, but some people believe that all the answers for life are in the Bible. How many of you understand that God cares about where you work? Raise your hand. Just... Can you find a verse in the Bible that tells you where to go to work? No. You can... Find verses in the Bible that tell you how to work and the principles of working, but you can't open the Bible to a page that tells you where to go to work. Or, or how about this? Does God care about who you marry? Can you find a verse in the Bible that tells you who to marry? My point is pretty simple, really, that the goal of the Bible is that you would get to know the author. And it's the author that leads you into all truth. And God, it, how many of you understand that all the Bibles in God, but not all... Not all of God's in the Bible. That God's actually bigger than the book. Are you following me? So, I, you know, I understand. I, I, of course, I got, you know, I always get Facebooks and emails. And, and most of them are positive, to be honest. Um, sometimes people, yeah, well, some, most of them are positive. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, 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 think, I think sometimes uh, we, we're misunderstood I, I think there's things that are biblical, things that are extra-biblical, and things that are anti-biblical. Now, how many of you understand that I'm not talking about anything anti-biblical tonight? But I am saying that there's a lot of the world that's extra-biblical and not anti-biblical. When we were um, worshiping tonight, I had this... Um, I, I hate to say vision because sometimes that downgrades what... I mean, I've had uh, open vision a couple of times, and I've had, um, I've had visions uh, in my imagination that were so strong, they were like as if God was standing before me. Um, but sometimes I get these, uh, these, these impressions in my mind that come in pictures, and so there's still visions, but I, I, I don't want vi- to reduce visions down to something um, this, uh, that, that wasn't this clear. You know, I mean, this wasn't super clear. But So as we were worshiping, I, I had this picture, and it's kind of a funny picture, but I had this vision of a starship, the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, I really did. And I had this picture, and I, in, this, in this vision, people were walking around the starship, and they were like, as if the starship was the destination, instead of the vehicle to take you where no man's ever gone before. And I began to realize that some people view the Bible as... As the starship, like some people view the Bible as the earth that's flat. And they think if you get if you get if you get off the edge, you're going to you're going to fall off and you're going to die. Now, I understand that you don't want to open up the doors of the starship when you get out into universes and be sucked into the vortex of evil thinking. (laughs) I don't know if you got all that. I understand, so I'm not talking about that, but how many understand that the Bible is more of a starship that's to take you to places no one's ever gone before? 
Like, the goal isn't that you would, like, learn the starship. The goal is that you would have encounters with God and that you would, that, that, that you would learn how to live in the Spirit. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good... So, so, are you thinking? Um, so, I, I really believe that the Lord wants to just open up new avenues of revelation. Um, you know, I was uh, out of place in the last few months. That I, I was, I'm in, I'm just so learning so much. How many of you are in a huge, just a huge learning curve? I feel like I'm in this huge learning curve and. I wrote on my Facebook something I've quoted several times. You know, Abraham, the first prophetic word that Abraham got wasn't about where he was going, but where he couldn't stay. Remember, God said, Abraham, leave your father's house to a place I will show you. If you would have met Abraham the day after he got the prophetic word and, and left his house and said to Abraham, where are you going? He wouldn't have been able to tell you where he's going. He just knew where he couldn't stay. How many of you feel like, you don't know where you're going, but you know where you can't stay. I, I feel like that. And, and I, I feel like the Lord is opening up so much revelation. So I, I wrote on my Facebook, I don't know where I'm going, but I know where I can't stay. And people are like, are you leaving Bethel? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm talking about in God. I'm talking about that there are places to go in God I've never been before. And one of the things I, I realized you know, just being around um, other people and interacting with other people is sometimes we create intellectual answers for things that haven't been revealed. Uh, and as soon as we do that, we take ourselves out of we take ourselves out of the spirit of revelation because we're no longer looking for truth because we've already come up with an answer. And sometimes the need to have answers for things that haven't been revealed creates doctrinal wars over things that we don't understand. Uh, let me just give you a simple one that's being debated so much lately. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a whole doctrinal war over whether or not there's a hell. Because God is love and a loving God couldn't send people to hell. Now, how many of you understand that sometimes there are things that are so complex or that haven't been revealed that I don't have to know how God allows people to go to hell and how he totally loves me and would never want me to go there. I, I don't have to know. I don't I don't have to know the reason to that. I'm saying I would love to know, but I'm not going to make up an answer that God hasn't given me. In a, a, the book of Genesis, here's another one. This is just I'm just kind of giving you some examples. In Genesis 18, God says, I'm going to go down to Sodom to see if what I heard is true. As if God didn't know. God goes into the garden in Genesis chapter 3 and he says, Adam, where are you? It's like God's all knowing. How could God not know where Adam is? I bet you it made Adam feel pretty insecure. Like. Eve, we are totally lost. God can't find us. <laughs> Genesis 18. I'm going to go down to Sodom to see if what I heard is true. And people are like, well, that, you know, that's a figure of speech because God is everywhere. I'm like, well, what if he chooses not to be there? Well, and, and see, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm simply saying that creating an answer that God hasn't given... <laughs> 
takes me out of a place of revelation to where God may give me the answer for that someday. But as long as I make up a theological answer for something that God hasn't revealed, I'm never going to have an answer because I'm not looking. It's those who seek me that will find me. So sometimes we get in these places where people have intellect. I mean, I, I was in, in, a, in a place in the last few months where people were having doctrinal wars over those scriptures and talking about, well, this has to mean this. And, I, and so I just raised my hand and I said, well, what if it doesn't? I said, what has to? I said, well, what if it doesn't, though? I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying what if you're wrong? Well, it can't be. Well, you, you could be because the Bible doesn't, you don't have any scripture for what you just said. You just made it up. Because <laughs> you need an answer. <laughs> oh, here we go. I propose to you that that you don't know everything. (laughs) This is deep. I'm telling you, there's whole doctrines being built on a sentence in the Bible. Um, People will write literally books on one sentence. And I'm not talking about revelatory books. I'm talking about like, well, this means da-da-da-da and the beast and the... And the, the horn and the all. And I'm like, how do you know that? Well, because it has to be this way. Well, why? Well, because. Well, and, and there'll be there'll be verses in the Bible and there'll be like, well, that's in the millennium. Well, how do you know that? What well, has to be? Why does it have to be? Well, it doesn't make sense that it would be anywhere else. Well, I'm not sure that many things make sense in the Bible. Unless you're in the spirit. (laughs) There's a lot of things that don't make sense without being in God. I'll read you a verse for it. That one I have a verse for. I could argue this one. (laughs) Listen to this. Um, This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Well, I determined verse 2. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. This is Paul. Here's a here's a verse for you. Apostle Paul. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Well, that's a metaphor. What if it isn't? Anyway, just a thought. And my message, my preaching were not persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the spirit and of power that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak the wisdom, get get this, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, a hidden wisdom, which God predestined before the ages to our glory, to our glory. (laughs) The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age understood, for if they had understood it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. I love what Graham Cook says. He said, if the devil would have understood the cross, he would have killed everyone who was trying to kill Jesus. <laughs> That's the truth. Think about it. Think about what the devil did. He put it in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus and didn't realize that he was playing right into God's hand. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. 
I bet when Jesus came down into hell and said, I'll take the keys, he's like, <laughs> that, was, that was a bad mistake we just made. <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> and the demons are all, I'm busy. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. Get this. We speak God's wisdom in a what? Mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. Did you get that? I understand his glory, but this verse says to our glory. Just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which have not entered the heart of man, all God has prepared for those we love. Who love him. For, uh, that's the Old Testament verse. Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which, are not, which have not entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God has revealed them through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Even, get this, the depths of God. I have no idea what that means. But I just know that knowing God's like saying you know the ocean. Like, you know God? Like, how many of you have ever been to the ocean? How many of you have ever been swam in the ocean? How many of you have ever been skin diving in the ocean? How many of you know there's a lot to know? I mean, I don't like water, but I watch those documentaries. <laughs> it's like reading the Bible and having no experience. But anyway. <laughs> A lot of people are experts on the Bible. They've never actually been in the water. <laughs> For to us, God has revealed him through the spirit. Well, and something ha- I'm going to keep wearing this shirt. <laughs> For to us, you guys, please. For to us, God has revealed them through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except for the spirit of man who's in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except for the spirit of God. Nobody knows what God's thinking except for the spirit of God. Are you with me? Look at the next verse. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know freely all things given to us by God. Did you hear what he said? No one knows the thoughts of God except for the spirit of God. You're like, that's right. I don't know what God's thinking. No, no. His point is you do. No one knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. Then he goes, listen, the Spirit that you received, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit, not the Spirit of the world. You received the Spirit of God who knows the thoughts of God so that you might know the thoughts of God. I wonder what God's thinking. I don't know. Have a thought. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I wonder what God's thinking. He's thinking what you're thinking if you have the mind of Christ. (laughs) This is good. And it goes on, the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. Get this. The natural man does not accept the things of God. Listen, um, can I make a distinction here? I don't think he's talking about evil men in this passage. I think he's talking about the natural man because he opens up with. The wisdom of man. I didn't come to you with the wisdom of man. He's not talking about evil wisdom. He's talking about natural wisdom, like the natural laws of man. Are you with me? 
And he, so, he, so the context doesn't, doesn't say, he's not, it's not Galatians 5 where he's talking about the difference between the fruit of uh, the, the old man flesh and the fruit of the spirit. He's not talking about the wisdom of man in, a, in the negative sense like the wisdom of man that's evil, like the wisdom of man that's anti-God. Are you with me? He's talking about the wisdom of man that's, that, that, that doesn't think like God in the sense that it's like, well, let me just finish reading it. You'll get it. But the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him because he can't understand them because they're spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual praises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. Who knows the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. How many of you understand you have the mind of Christ? So what I'm getting at is this, is that this book right here, this book without the Spirit of God is, and is just is a closed book. So you can't figure out how... Jesus can say to one person, unless you hate your mother and father, you can't be my disciple. And then turn the next minute and say to the Pharisees, you didn't honor your mother and father, so you broke the laws of God. I'm like, uh, am I supposed to honor my mother and father or hate them? Because yesterday I was listening to your message and you told me I was supposed to hate my mother and father. So I was working on that. <laughs> right? Jesus says to, to, the, to his disciples, it's the sick who need a physician. Two chapters later, heal the sick. So I'm going to send you out to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Wait a second. You said take the sick people to the physician. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was about, you know, who's my neighbor? Remember the question, who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan didn't heal anybody. He bandaged up the guy's wounds, wounds and took him to... A place where they, he paid something like a hospital where he paid for them to take care of the man. And Jesus said, that's what you do to a neighbor. How many of you understand that in one place Jesus tells us to heal the sick and in another place he tells us that the sick need a physician? How do I know what to do? Well, you won't know what to do if you try to figure it out intellectually. Because what we have is the doctor people now. And we got the healing people now. We, we, we have people trying to figure out how this scripture, and it's all in the Hebrew and the Greek. It's in there somewhere. See, that word doesn't really mean hell. It doesn't mean forever. It actually means, it's like, it's what happens when you try to figure out spiritual things through the natural mind. It's, tried, it's what happens when you try to discover mysteries through your intellect instead of them letting them be revealed by the Spirit. Do you understand that your natural man thinks that many of these things of God are foolish? Like your natural, your natural man was like, that doesn't make sense, so it can't be true. It's like, that doesn't mean it can't be true because God doesn't live inside the laws of physics that we live in. How many understand that when Jesus healed the sick, he called healing a, a sign? Why is healing a sign? Why isn't it just a healing? What kind of a sign is it? Are you staring at me? I mean, some of you are still on the starship. You, know, you got sucked out one of the doors into the vortex of what? 
what is it a sign? See, I think that when somebody gets healed, it's a sign that a superior kingdom just superimposes itself over an inferior kingdom. That the laws of another kingdom just superimpose themselves over an inferior law. That there is no sickness in heaven, no disease in heaven, because the laws of, that work, like, for instance, the laws of physics, the laws of gravity, the law of lift, those laws, how many, how many of you have ever have dreams? Don't you love dreams? Because dreams take you into God's world. Not necessarily God's world. They take you into the spirit world where in dreams I can fly. I remember that I had a dream about four or five years ago. I was teaching Bill how to fly. We were right here in the podium and I was telling him, jump. And he was, he'd jump and fall to the ground. And I would, whoo, I'd fly around. I'm like, you just have to jump. I think that was a real dream. That was... Spiritual reality. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. So, what I'm getting at is that I believe that we're moving from knowledge to revelation. And um, I shared this last week, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, um, Paul writes this, we know, that all, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But love edifies in first Corinthians in the same chapter. I'm sorry, the same verse in the NAS. It says knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. How many understand that sometimes the more, you know, like when you know more than the people around you, you have a tendency to be prideful and arrogant. But the cool thing is revelation has in its very DNA the ability to make you humble. Because the more you, by revelation, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And last week I was sharing, like, to me, revelation is like looking through the Hubble telescope and discovering another universe. It's like, okay, now you know something that no one else knows. You discovered something that no one else ever knew before. But you know what keeps you humble? Now that you discovered that universe, in that discovery comes a thousand more questions. Like, you have one more answer than anyone else in the room, but you have a thousand more questions than anybody does in that room. And how many, know, understand, how many understand that when God reveals something, it creates more questions than answers? <laughs> That's a good word, actually. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going someplace totally different. I even had a PowerPoint for where I was going. I'm just going to use it even if it doesn't fit in. I'm just going to show you I can do PowerPoint. You know Moses had the first PowerPoint? You didn't get that, did you? Chapter 3 of Ephesians. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of the Gentiles... If indeed you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you by that revelation, there was made by that. I'm sorry, that by revelation, there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in brief. Look at verse three, that by revelation, everybody say revelation. There was made known to me the mystery as I wrote to you before in brief by referring to this. When you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations 
was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit, to be specific that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promises of Christ Jesus through the gospel of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration. Get this. I don't even know what this means. What I'm sure it means something different in the Greek, but to bring to light. What is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to rulers and authorities in the heavenlies. That's amazing. That's amazing. God wants to reveal mysteries. How many of you understand that? Mysteries, I think I quoted Bill here. Mysteries can't be discovered. They can only be revealed. How many understand that you can't work to receive revelation? It's like, well, if I study, I'll get revelation. Well, it's really important that you study. It's really important that you pray. And it's really important that you fast. Spiritual disciplines are really important. Did everybody get that? But spiritual disciplines, listen, late... You can't labor for revelation. You can only receive it. Are you following me? John fifteen fifteen. we quote this all the time. I think Bill may have quoted this this morning. Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves, for a slave does not know. Everybody say, does not know what his master is doing. Come on. What his master is doing. But I call you friends. Say this. And I call you friends. For all things. Everybody say all things. That I've heard from my father. I have made known to you. Do you understand that revelation is the fruit of friendship? I no longer call you slaves. I used to, In other words, I no longer means I used to. Peter, you used to be my slave. I'm promoting you to my friend. So I'm not going to call you slave anymore. And this is what's going to change in our relationship. You're going to move from obedience. A slave does what he's told to to friendship, which is going to release on you revelation. So I'm changing my relationship with you from doing what you're told to understanding all things I've heard from the father. Are you getting this? Like, you can study and study and study, but unless you become a friend of God, you won't receive all things that the Father... You won't know all things, because all things are hidden in the Father, and you can't find them through just reading the Bible without the Lord revealing them to you. Do you understand? Paul said, he said, I, I, was, made a, I was made an administrator. I'm an administrator of the mystery, verse 9. I was... I was listen, to... Let me just go back. Verse 8. To me, the very least of the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Is that awesome? How many know God's got good stuff for you? You can't exaggerate how good God is or how much he loves you or how much he wants to do for you. 
well, you know, we just no, no, I, I don't know, because he said that more than I ask or think that he wants to give you more than you ask or think. If you can ask it or think it, you haven't. Listen, you can't think of everything God has for you. You can't exaggerate how good God wants to be to you. Well, brother, do you need to learn about sacrifice? I did that when I was a slave. I learned about sacrifice when I was a slave. And now I get to be a friend. How many of you understand that first you come in, you were a slave to sin. And when you come to Jesus, you become a slave to righteousness. You never leave righteousness to come into friendship. Because Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in me, in you, then you can ask whatever you wish shall be done for you. That's the preceding verses to this verse. I no longer call you slaves. How many of you understand that when you learn to obey, when you learn to do what he says, then he'll do what you say. That you get to dream with God when you've learned to be obedient to God, he moves you into friendship. I'm saying that I believe that the Lord wants to move us from knowledge, and I don't mean there won't be knowledge, but he wants to move us into revelation, and we move from knowledge to revelation through friendship with God. That God wants to reveal mysteries that have been hidden for ages, like they haven't been revealed for ages to anyone. In fact, in fact, he says that you're going to teach these things to principality. What do you say? Um, this is good reading right here. Verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Do you understand that God wants to give you mysteries and teach you mysteries that have been hidden for ages and not even the angels know what he's about to tell you? Or the demons, like everything that's in the heavenlies, all the creatures are in the, he- in the heavenlies don't know what God's about to reveal to you. Like God has hidden things from all other beings. And he says, I am going to give these things I've been hiding from other beings to you. So that the manifold, the word manifold means multicolored. The multicolored wisdom of God would be revealed through you to, to, to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. That's the starship enterprise. You're going to go where no man's ever gone before and few women have been there. <laughs> revelation chapter one, verse one says this, the revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave him to show his bond servants the things which soon take place. He sent and communicated it by his angel to his bond servant, John. How many understand that the book of revelation is a revelation? <laughs> I don't know if you got what I just said. Like, it's actually a revelation. Like, it can't be understood through the natural mind. It has to be revealed through the Spirit because it's actually a revelation. A revelation is something that means God pulls back the covers and He shows us things that have been hidden. Not things that you can learn without God revealing them. Remember Ephesians chapter 3? These things have been hidden in God for the eons of ages. Now they've been revealed. God's Reveal. He's 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 a revelator. He's revealing things. He's opening up doors to things that have not ever been known or seen before. Does this does this make sense to you? 
In um, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9, um, God's speaking about Moses and Joshua. And it says, now Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with wisdom for Moses had laid his hands on him. And the sons of Israel listened to him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Do you see that Joshua received wisdom? Not because he hung out with Moses, not because he had lots of experience, not because he hung out at the tent. Those things were all, I mean, really important. Those are good. He followed Moses. He listened to Moses. He listened to God. He had a hunger for the presence of God. But he received wisdom by the fact that Moses laid his hands on him. What I'm getting at is this. He couldn't have labored for what he got for free. He got it through impartation, not through study, not through effort. He did it through relationship with, with Moses. I believe that the Lord wants to release revelation on this generation that's been hidden for the eons of ages. Even the angels long to look into the things that God's about to reveal to you and to me. And what does it require of us? Well, of course it requires that we understand sacrifice and we understand the cross. These things are all foundational to everything we believe. But it requires us to move from slavery into friendship. It requires us to move into a deeper relationship with God because the mysteries that are hidden in God are not revealed to people who study hard, fast long, pray hard. Those things are all really important to God, but they're revealed to his friends. God gives his secrets to his friends. Romans 16:25 Now to him who's able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Christ according to the revelation everybody say revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past and now is manifest by the scriptures of the uh, manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of eternal God to the eternal God has made known to all the nations leading to obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ to be uh, glory forever. Amen. Get this part. Now unto him who's able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation. Everybody say revelation. Of the mystery which was kept secret for long past ages. But now is manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the eternal God. I, I, my message is pretty simple tonight. God wants to open up new dimensions to you. He wants to take you where you've never gone before. He wants to open up the scriptures to you in a way that no one's ever seen before. I, I believe that, I, I think that sometimes, have you ever seen a hologram? I remember the first time we were at, I think we were at Disneyland or Disney World or something, and they were selling these holograms, and I was like looking at this picture, it was, you know, it was like that big, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool picture. And the, the, um, the salesman came over and he said, that's a hologram. I said, oh, what's that? He said, keep staring at the picture. The, how many of you have never seen a hologram before? Okay. How many of you have? How many of you remember the first time you ever stared at the picture? A hologram is really interesting. You, you stare at this picture and you, like, you see this picture of whatever it is. You know, it's, a, it's an ocean with you know, a beach and it's just a typical picture. And you're, and you're staring at the picture and all of a sudden... 
And I, I'm like, I'm, I don't see anything. It's like, it's a, you see an ocean? Yeah. It says, well, you're, you're, not, you're not looking deep enough. Do you see an ocean with sand? I'm like, yeah, that's what I see. He goes, just keep looking. I stared at that picture for like three or four minutes. And then he goes, you're trying too hard. Okay, I'm not trying now. And I stared at that picture and I've stared at it because you see anything? I'm like, no. And, 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 he, and he said to me, you'll know when you see I said, what am I looking for? He said, you'll know it when you see it. And all of a sudden, the picture, how do you explain this? The picture suddenly changed and there was all this other stuff in the background. How many of you remember that? It's like a whole other world just came. It's like those who danced looked quite insane for those who didn't hear the music. Like, have you ever read the Bible and all of a sudden it's like a hologram? Like you're reading the ocean. You're looking at the ocean and all of a sudden, whoof, it takes you into the steps and there's a, there's a beauty and there's a, that comes alive and there's these dimension and there's things happening. I don't want to get too weird. You won't listen to me anymore. I mean, there's things happening in the book. You're like, where did that happen? Where did that come from? Have you ever listened? Oh, I remember when Bill first came to Mountain Chapel. It was called Calvary Chapel at the time. This is in our little church in Weaverville. And he was a, just a young hippie pastor. <laughs> totally long-haired hippie guy. And uh, I remember the first time I ever heard Bill speak. And he was speaking um, on, uh, out of the gifts of the Spirit, talking about the gifts of the Spirit out of 1 Corinthians 12. I still have the notes from it, actually, from the very first time I ever heard Bill speak. And he started talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm like, yeah, 1 Corinthians 12. I read that. I know those passages really well. And then he started sharing about the spirit world and how the spirit world worked out of the scriptures that I have read a thousand times. Or at least a hundred times by then. And I'm like, where does he get? Wow. (laughs) I'm looking at, I'm like, that doesn't say that. And I look, I'm like, yes, it does. How come I didn't get that? It's like, what happens when there's a spirit of revelation? How many of you have ever heard anybody teach in its passages you know really well, and all of a sudden they take on, they, like they step, out of this, they step out of the Bible and they begin to talk to you about things you never saw before, things you've never heard before. And it's like you could quote those verses, maybe you even memorize those passages, and people start talking to you about the passages that you actually know by heart, but, but you figured out that you actually knew them by head and not by heart, because the heart is where revelation comes from. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? That, some, that somebody starts to share something that they got by revelation. They're using the exact scriptures and they're even using it in context. And you're like, I never, you know, I always knew that, but I never understood it. And I believe that the Lord wants to begin to move on us in a powerful way in revelation where we're going to, it's going to be like, it's going to be like the Starship Enterprise. It's going to be like the vision I had tonight. Like, I literally believe that God wants to make the Bible. And I hope this sounds, I hope I believe this tomorrow. But that, that, I haven't thought through this. I'm so sorry. I'll apologize next week if I'm wrong. But I I believe that God wants to take this, this Bible. And it's like, I think he wants to make it a vehicle to take us into places where we've never been before. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about heresy. I'm not talking about anti-biblical stuff. I still believe there's, you know, homosexuality is wrong and abortion's bad. Okay, so what, what other ones are hot points? I believe there's still, I believe there's a hell. Uh, I believe there's a devil. 
I believe Jesus Christ has died on the cross. Okay, everybody got all that? Like, I'm not talking about leaving the foundational truths. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying, get on the, get on the starship. And seriously, I believe the Lord wants to take us into new dimensions in the spirit. Um, Bill's the first one that opened this up to me. It's in uh, John uh, chapter 3, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he's talking to him about being born again. You guys know the scripture well, right? And he says, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. You can't see the kingdom. I mean, you can't even see the kingdom if you're not born again. You can read this book, and you, you, can, you can learn about the kingdom, but you can't see the kingdom if you're not born again. See, I don't think God ever wrote this book with the intention of you reading it without the Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, I won't say that. (laughs) Wisdom came on me. (laughs) I don't think... (laughs) (laughs) I don't think God had any intention of you reading this book without the spirit. And I think when people read this book without the spirit, that it leads to bondage. The Pharisees memorized what they had, the Old Testament. They memorized the Bible and missed Jesus. Listen, Jesus... Remember the, the guys that are with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they don't know he's Jesus? And they're telling him, he's walking along, and Jesus is with them. And, he's not, and they're like, he's like, why are you guys sad? And he's like, what, 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 are you, where have you been? Why are we sad? Where have you been? Jesus crucified the Christ. Sun turned dark. Moon turned to blood. Hello? Why are we sad? And he says that Jesus began to reveal himself through the scriptures. They didn't have a New Testament. Through the, the scriptures, the, what the Pharisees memorized. And he began to explain through the scriptures about himself. The Pharisees memorized the Bible. The demonized woman knew Jesus. The Pharisees did it. The devil knew the Bible. When Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and I said this last week, but isn't this interesting? Jesus prays Matthew 6. Lead us, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's Matthew 6. Matthew 4. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the capital S, Holy Spirit, to be tempted by the devil. Lead us not into temptation. Jesus was led into temptation by the Holy Spirit. I'm in the dark night of the soul. Did God bring me here to the devil? Yep. (laughs) And then the devil quotes Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. Right? If you throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple, the angels will bury you up, for it is written. And then he quotes verbatim Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. The angels will bury you up, lest you 
strike your foot against a stone. He tries to get him to commit suicide by quoting a Bible verse to him. He, the spirit of suicide used the Bible against Jesus to try to kill him. How many know that without the spirit, this book at best is closed? And sometimes it imprisons people who use it to control people. Oh, I hope that's not misunderstood. My goal isn't that you wouldn't read the Bible. Of course, obviously. My goal is that you would read it with the Spirit. That the Spirit will lead you into all truth. The Spirit. Jesus said, listen, I'm going to go away. And I'm going to send the Spirit of truth. And He will lead you into all truth. He didn't say, I'm going to go away and they're going to finish the Bible. And the Bible will lead you into all truth. He said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send you the Spirit. And the Spirit's going to lead you into all truth. How many understand that it's really important that we know the Bible? Because otherwise we can be deceived and think that we're being led by the Spirit and find out that we're actually being taught things that are anti the Bible. And Paul says, listen, I don't care if you've had a revelation, an angel comes to you, and if he preaches a different gospel, that's a curse. So it's, is it really clear that I really, like, really think it's really important that you know the Bible? It's just that the Bible needs to take you into relationship with the author. And when it doesn't, it feels scary to me. I'll make a couple more points and then we'll be done. I think we're done. I have 19 pages of notes. I'm like, we could be here for a long time. I turned a page, I'm like, no. That's a half an hour. (laughs) Or another misunderstanding. (laughs) Why don't you stand up? I want to pray this over you. I want you to put your hands on your heart and I want to pray these verses over you. And the verses actually were prayed over you 2,000 years ago. And I just want to re-pray them over you. And the verse starts like this. I pray, Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? 
I'm still praying over you. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Still Paul's prayer. Which he brought about in Christ which he, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule, authority and power and dominion in every name that's named not only in this age but the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. And he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, I wanna, I'm going to pray it over you again. Now, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture what Paul prayed, what I'm repeating. I want you to picture it. Starship, Enterprise, <laughs> Star Date, 2011. December whatever. We're about to leave the dock. Are you ready? Here we go. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power Towards us who believe these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule, authority and power and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, not only in this age, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and he gave him his head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him, the fullness of him. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. Amen. Everybody said, I receive that for myself. Lord, we just, we just release your grace tonight for revelation. Lord, we, just, we pray right now that you would just open up the vortexes of revelation, the mysteries, the mind of Christ. Father, we just pray that right now over each and every person, the people who are listening by iBethel TV. Lord, I pray that the Bible would come alive to people. That it would be living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. (laughs) Living oracles, you said. That would become flesh and dwell among us. That we wouldn't just have a message. That we would become the message. That we would be transformed into the image of Christ. That we would be the letter that God wrote to the planet. We'd be a walking letter. Yeah, when people would see us, they've seen the Father. Lord, I pray that you'd be so in us and work so through us that they would experience the God who's in us when they experience us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.